0: M S W Media.
1: Hi, this is Will Forte, and you're, for
0: some reason,
1: listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. Major choice. Go! <laughs> no. We Yourself a glass, sit for a spell. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. But well, this is what we're drinking with Dandelion.
0: What a big day today was huge news out of Hollywood as Variety reported. MacGruber is officially back in action. That's right. Peacock, which is the NBC's new streamer, has issued an eight episode order for MacGruber series, which we'll see Will Forte, who you just heard. Reprise the role that he created while on Saturday Night Live. Anybody that listens to this show knows I'm a huge fan of MacGruber, had Will Forte in, and a little bit later in the show, going to run some highlights of an interview that I did with him a couple of months ago just to celebrate this, this incredible news. Happy for Will. He talked about it, developing it back when he was on the show. So what else I want to get to? Ah, I was thinking about a, a story popped in my head this morning, about a time I was down at the King Eddie Saloon in downtown Los Angeles, the King Eddie is a legendary dive bar. It's been remodeled, but this actually happened prior to that. And it was a, I mean, it's a shithole, right? So I'm in there and I remember this guy says, that's an old wives tale. It croaked this guy. He was a crotchety old drunk perched precariously atop a bar stool. Look, he's about to fall over. He says, complete and total bullshit is what it is. So what this guy was offering was an unsolicited opinion about another bar patron's assertion that the expression hair of the dog originally referred to a method of treatment of a rabid dog bite by placing hair from the dog in the bite wound. Now, this old drunk had it wrong, not only about the etymology of hair of the dog, but also his understanding of what constitutes an, quote, old wives tale. He confused fallacy with folklore. That sort of thing happens all the time on Skid Row, though. I wasn't about to call him out on it, though, partly because I've learned the hard way that it's best to keep to oneself in unfamiliar CD dive bars, but mainly because this guy smelled like he had a week-old load of shit congealing in his pants. But this crapulous codger did get me to thinking about popular drinking-related idioms, many of which have been around for centuries. While some still do the trick, it seems to me that others are due for an update. The term shit-faced, for instance, has long been the go-to descriptor of extreme drunkenness. certainly applies to the general disposition of most of the King Eddie regulars back then. There are several theories about the word's origin, the most plausible being that people who are wasted often wind up with their heads inside toilets. And to be honest, shit-faced really does cover the bill. I'd rank it alongside such other great drunk euphemisms as blotto, hammered, and pissed as a fart. So there you have it. A hereby decree that shitfaced shall remain part of the lush lexicon. On the wagon, on the other hand, needs to go. For over a hundred years, we've been using that tired old phrase to describe voluntary abstinence. It dates back to the beginning of the 20th century and has something to do with water carts that were used to hose off dusty roads— Like, that's relevant to anyone these days. As anyone who's ever driven by an AA meeting during a smoke-filled break in the penitence knows, the majority of those poor bastards have swapped one vice, drinking, for another, smoking. So how about instead of saying someone is on the wagon, we go with taking a butt break instead. You know, like, yo, dude, you want to go get fucked up this weekend? Nah, dude, I can't. I got pretty banged up celebrating Groundhog Day, so I'm taking a butt break for a while. something like that. All right? Isn't it about time to retire the wholly unoriginal drink like a fish to perhaps substitute something with more social consciousness to it, such as drink like a malnourished child from an impoverished third world village who's just had his first taste of potable water? See, that sends a strong message. That message being that there's some really thirsty motherfuckers in this world. Okay. Now, binge drinking is one of those annoying and unnecessarily PC terms invented by the professional recovery community to make lightweights who get too shit-faced too often feel better about themselves. You know what we called binge drinking when I was growing up? College. For as far back as most boozehounds can recall, which isn't very far, frankly, to get tossed from a drinking establishment is to be 86 Now, there's so many credible hypotheses concerning the origin of the term that I won't even bother listing them here. And while 86 is one of the more popularly used boozy euphemisms that still sounds fresh, it might be more helpful to say the potential drunk driver and or law enforcement if bartenders were to start employing a different numerically based way of saying someone's cut off, that is citing the actual number of drinks that got them there, as in, Sorry, Mr. Dunn, you're twoed. Or hey, old man who shit himself, you've been seventeened. And once we are back in the bars, that's coming someday. Well, when that happens, if you do get 86 or twoed or seventeened, don't bother grabbing coffee in the hopes it'll help you sober up. That's nothing but an old wives' tale. All right. A couple things. I'm going to be on the Adam Corolla show on August 17th, Monday the 17th, doing a martini segment. Uh, this Thursday, August 13th, we're back with Nightcap Live on Flaviar's YouTube channel with George Motz, the burger expert. Very excited about that. So check me out. Also, I invite you to follow me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, at the Imbiber. That's T-H-E-I-M-B-I-B-E-R. And now. How about we roll on over to the interview with Will Forte? Huh? So I'm here with uh, a gentleman I have spent hours, hours, days admiring his work, whether it be in the movies, whether it be on the TV, it's Will Forte. How are you man? I'm doing very well, thank you. Thanks for uh thanks for talking to me, brother. How of are course, you? Of course, I'm doing great. You are sipping on some whiskey right now? Yes. Bourbon's your thing?
1: I'm yes, I like bourbon. I'm a bourbon person.
0: Where where are you from?
1: I'm from Northern California, outside San Francisco, a place called Lafayette.
0: And what did what stoked your interest, your love of bourbon? I don't
1: know. I I I think a long time ago, I I ventured into Scotch, um, and I just I don't know it it was a little it done you wrong. I don't uh, I don't know it just wasn't it wasn't for me. I I I tried it for a while. I think that I was I was young and impressionable, and I was like, oh, I think I uh, I don't know. I just thought I I I'm going to keep giving my giving Scotch chances. And, uh, and I, I don't know, it just wasn't for me. I didn't like the, the peatiness.
0: It's an interesting thing how we come to whatever it is that we like to drink, because I guess it kind of starts when you're young. Right. And it's like, uh, I mean, I remember being a kid, I think it was more like vodka or something when I was young. And then at some point I realized, well, that doesn't really have a flavor do yeah. it right yeah. you know vodka so it's like all right what am i going to try next i think i liked rum do you like rum does anybody do rum anymore interesting
1: yeah. to me that that it, it, it for me a lot of that stuff is is uh geographical like i have traveled to uh uh the bahamas and when i'm in the bahamas a, a rum punch seems like the only option and it's great and it's magical there then if i and go you're to, on the
0: beach though that's the thing it's it's experiential right like yeah, exactly. you're on the beach you're hanging out you're like you're not going to be like hey give me a cognac right you know yeah. you're going to want rum yeah. just has that flair to it right there yeah
1: and if i'm at a ski lodge a hot toddy but i don't want a hot toddy at at you know in the caribbean no you know no. they they kick you out for that and it's very interesting because then i will go to hawaii from time to time and when i'm there i don't have an interest in rum punch which is weird because it's seems like temperature wise to be basically the same as the caribbean but i just it just doesn't work for me there that's the, the then i've got my uh pina colada desires on
0: <laughs> well you live here in california so uh we have to, I don't know if people know this out there. By law, we have to drink vodka soda here in LA yes. because they yes. weigh you. I don't know if people know this. When you travel in LA and you come back and you're a resident, they weigh you. Yeah. And if you've put on too much weight,
1: they'll yes. let you back Exactly. In. So,
0: vodka soda is what we go with. But the, Vodka you-
1: soda, sometimes we put a little celery juice in there, <laughs> but.
0: If we're feeling hardcore. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, man, it's SNL. Obviously you killed it on that uh, McGruber. Is there is there a new McGruber movie coming out of Did I see this recently?
1: Uh there's we are writing a uh TV version of McGruber. Um which we're excited about. It's it's uh every bit as filthy as the movie. Um so it's not for for network TV. It's it's for a streaming site. Or we, we're still trying to figure all that Kristen
0: out. Kristen Wig involved in this one too or no? Wig,
1: uh, as of now she's yes. Wow. I mean, every everyone uh, is Im- involved as of now, but you know, w- the, it has not been officially green lit. We are uh, working on the scripts, and then once but we it's going to happen. I
0: mean, this is one of the funniest. <laughs> well, it's it's out of our hands.
1: We're really excited about the stuff that we're writing. It's it's been really fun, and and uh, um, yeah, it's we're, we're we just finished the second script, but we have the whole season charted out it would be eight episodes and we have two scripts completely completed we have two rough drafts completed uh so we have four scripts two to still rewrite and then we have two outlines so we still just need to uh write two more outlines which we know basically what they're going to be and to to uh, uh write up the outlines into scripts
0: I got to go. If I'm thinking about SNL sketches that then became film franchise movies or, or franchise in some cases, I got to go. McGruber's got to be, it's right up there,
1: right? I appreciate that. I mean, we, we uh, there are some, I mean, pretty, pretty Wayne's, damn World, good Wayne's World, Wayne's it was World, a obviously, Blues a big Brothers. Thing,
0: Blues Brothers, but McGruber's top five for me, definitely top five. Uh, that, well, it's that's above nice the Hans say. and Franz movie, that's for sure. And the uh, Night at the Roxbury, uh, were you in Night at the Roxbury, were you in that? I wasn't, I wasn't. You weren't in it? Nope. Yeah. All right. I thought you might have been in that one. Um, How's the bourbon, by the way? It's really good. By the way, this interview uh, with Will was not supposed to happen. Uh, I'm going to say this right now. I'm going to go on the record as saying, uh, I've been out today, I've had a couple of drinks, and then Will just showed up at my house, like randomly. He was like looking for gas. Are you ran out of gas. Yeah. And yeah, crazy, and I was like, "All right, come on in. I got some gas." And it
1: smelled like gas in here, so I like <laughs> just came in. And I was
0: like, "Do you want some whiskey as well?" And he's like, "Sure, whiskey and gas, Freaking which is what we do me here." Up with
1: whiskey, yeah. and then and there we turned go. on the um, mic.
0: But look, man, I really appreciate you uh, <laughs> dropping by. <laughs> we'll have to do an official one. I, I, I want like to I from have you. an official. Yes, yes. This was a this was an impromptu. Yeah, impromptu. <laughs> I've been watching football since ten o'clock in the morning. Ooh, today. Did you watch that uh, Patriots no, Cowboys fan. game? Oh, they, okay. they, they paid, the Pats won, though, right?
1: Yeah, it was yeah. a it was a ugly game because it was just pouring rain the whole yeah. time. It must have been super no, cold. I'm, an, Eagle. rain I'm too. an Eagles fan. I'm
0: from Philly, yeah. so
1: but you're you Forty a Ra- Raiders fan Raiders. Yeah, did they win today? They got smoked by the Jets. Oh, I, mean, wow. I think it was thirty four to three
0: by the Jets. <laughs>
1: yeah, by the Jets.
0: How does that happen? I don't know. Aren't the Jets trying to lose? I I thought so. Yeah. Well, who knows? Football. Everybody cares, don't <laughs> you? Yeah. Um. But we're... No, seriously, let's do an official... Yeah, I would this, do that. This doesn't count. I'm saying that right now. This is not, not official. Does not account. count. This was not... Burn a, the data my, card. I, I'm, now, now I'm speaking in Italian. The not a count. Um, but uh, <laughs> we're going to do one that is real. Okay. Well, I'll prepare. And, okay. And... Uh, and then you'll see. Yeah, I'm in. You'll see some genius then. Um, <laughs> Will Forte, everybody. Uh, wait, is the Last Man Standing? Is that still going? Last. It's called honor? The Last Man on Earth, you that jerk. thing show, yeah. And, no, uh, I love the show. Oh, I, Last I Man watched, Or are you asking me about no, that Tim Allen show, Last I watched last Kristen, man standing. Kristen and is on there. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the show. No, we got
1: canceled What? a year ago. And uh, uh, yeah, so we've... It, it, it's uh I miss everybody that I used to work with but but ultimately I think it was good for my own uh sanity and does it get to be health. a
0: grind does it get to be a grind doing it It was that a, sort? A,
1: just a a ton of work and a, and it was I, I'm I'm a little OCD so it's I I just would uh not really have any breaks I just mentally wouldn't ever let myself have breaks cuz there's just always something to do you never have that feeling of like oh I can take Five hours off here and and relax. Maybe I wasn't working for five hours every once in a while, but it would in in your head you're feeling this guilt that you and should do you,
0: be. Do you when you're doing a show like that, obviously on network television, are you personally feeling? the pressure like how do I make the show succeed you know even though there's so many people involved in the show but you're the lead on the show do you do you feel that kind of a pressure with like oh it's gonna rise and fall with me
1: and I mean it's it well I mean it was I was one of the creators with with Chris and Phil and then I was one of the writers and I would edit too and and it was you know we had a wonderful writing staff and and wonderful editors, but then I would have to be there, you know, kind of leading up each of those departments. So you're, it's a crazy amount of work when you're the lead actor on a show, but to throw those other things in, it just becomes this impossible amount of work. And over, over time, it just really, really bogs you down. You know, you just, it's, it just really is each season was harder and harder to motivate your, yourself to get up for and, and do, um, you know, I, I don't want to sound ungrateful. Like the opportunity to get to, to make your own show is, is this amazing blessing that, that, uh, you know, I, I'm very excited to get a chance to do that. Cause a lot, of, you know, that's your dream is to be able to be in, in a situation where you are, controlling the creative content but it's, As it's not to without you, its negatives. when
0: you were on snl was snl your first big break on television oh yeah, yeah, yeah so when you got on snl it's more of a hustle right like it's like oh am i gonna get in this am i gonna be in this one am i gonna write something that's gonna get on am i gonna you yeah know? it wasn't it's not your thing it's it's right. Lauren's thing it's the writer's thing it's who was the head writer when you were there at the time uh was there tina were, there, we
1: were, i was there for eight years so tina uh Dennis McNicholas, uh, a- Andrew Steele, then uh, took over with, uh, uh, you know, Tina was there for a while while I was there. And then she took off and started doing 30 Rock. It was a, a whole group of different people, all very wonderful old friends. Seth Myers took Seth over. Seth Myers, yeah.
0: And well, did you, there. when you're on SNL, do you, is there a pressure there that because like there's, there's so little real estate, right? Like it's every show you get, there's yeah. so many sketches and it's like, well, I it's gonna...
1: totally out of your control. You know, you, you write the best stuff you can and then you put it up at the table read and it's, you know, it's, it's, you just never know how you can get a lot of laughs at a table read and then somehow your sketch doesn't get picked for one reason or another. So it's, it's, and you just will never know why that is um, because you're not in that room of deciders. Yeah. Um. So, so it's, you know, it's really nice then to, to have that last man on earth experience where you get to be the person making those choices and you're in that room of, and how many seasons did you making. get of that one? Um four. Jesus. Four seasons. That's amazing. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. And I you could I, like you know, I hate to complain about the amount of work car it is because i money. I,
0: I, oh yeah. Right? Yeah. You could get a yeah. Toyota
1: Corolla. Forerunner. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You
0: get, no, go top of the line. Forerunner. Something. Well look at that. So you no, got it's that. A, it's
1: it's awesome and exciting. Uh but it uh, but it also now uh This MacGruber experience, um, you know, you learn all the lessons um, from Last Man on Earth and stuff like that, and you you try to uh, just approach it a little differently. It's it's also just a totally different situation because if we are able to eventually make this at Last Man on Earth, you're you're writing throughout the. The season as you're you can only write so many episodes before you have to start and then you're trying to write while you're also acting and also because of the air dates, you have to also be editing throughout. Well, here we'll basically be done writing before we would get to shoot and then we'll probably shoot and maybe edit a little bit uh, while we're acting. But but for the most part, you can do the post stuff yeah. After, your shooting. After so you, you're shooting. So you're you not going crazy pulling triple duty at the
0: same time. Well, I know it's going to happen. McGruber is just, it's too funny. It's too funny to not happen. So I'm very excited well, I, about that. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh, Will Forte, thank you for joining me, man. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, and uh, well, let's go have some more bourbon. Okay. Folks, I've never admitted this on the show before, but I'm a guy. Yeah, it's true. And as a guy... I'm here to tell you that so much of our identity is wrapped up in our hair. That's why when we get into our 20s and 30s and start noticing the first signs of hair loss, it definitely feels like panic time. Because let's face it, no guy is ever ready to go bald. Thankfully, now there's Keeps, the simple and easy way to keep your hair. You used to have to go to the doctor's office for your hair loss prescription. Now, thanks to Keeps, you can visit a doctor online and get hair loss medication delivered right to your home. They make it easy and deliver your medication every three months. So you can say goodbye to pharmacy checkout lines and awkward doctor visits. Keeps treatments typically take between four to six months to see results, so it's important to act fast. The sooner you start using Keeps, the more hair you'll save. Treatments start at just $10 per month. Plus, for a limited time, you can get your first month free. That's right, free. How? Well, if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to Keeps.com slash drinking that's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash drinking to receive your first month of treatment for free. Take care of your hair, and your hair will take care of you. A friend of mine invited me to go on his boat this weekend. And I'm I'm a little hesitant, but I think I'm going to do it. I need to socialize. He says, he's, you know, they're going to social distance, and and I was like, well, what, you know, what are we going to do? Like, are we fishing? What are we doing? He's like, dude, drinking. We're going to be drinking on the boat. That got me to thinking. It, it is perhaps the most famous scene in one of the best known blockbusters of all time. Robert Shaw, Roy Scheider, and Richard Dreyfus on a boat in the middle of the ocean, on the hunt for a killer shark, drinking and singing like there's no tomorrow. Show. Oh, Oh. (laughs) yeah! And a great white with a grudge shows up, and well, like the man sang, farewell and adieu to your fair Spanish ladies. The main lesson of Steven Spielberg's Jaws is that it's always better to be in a boat with a drink in hand than under one in a shark's mouth. Or to look at it another way, boat drinks not only get you buzzed, they save lives. And not all boat drinks are created equal, though. Take martinis, for instance. Excellent in almost any setting. Serving them on choppy seas is like inviting Gary Busey to deliver the commencement address at your kid's preschool. An interesting choice, but you just know that invariably it's going to get real messy. Beer, of course, is the ultimate boat drink. Ideal when partying on a yacht or trolling for a bluefish on a 22-foot Boston whaler. Wine, too, is an excellent option. Except maybe on a fishing boat. But when it comes to enjoying mixed drinks on the open water, only a few cocktails make the cut. And by a few, I mean five. In the interest of public service, for those of you who, like me, may be going on a boat and drinking soon, I present you those five drinks. First up is the Dark and Stormy. As scholarly drunkards and West Indian lit majors may recall, the earliest recorded mention of rum can be found in a Siemens logbook entry from Barbados dated 1651. Back then, they called it Kill Devil, a hot, hellish, and terrible liquor made from molasses. So naturally, it was only a matter of time before someone thought, hey, let's mix this crap with ginger beer and throw a party. So yeah, the dark and stormy is two ounces of dark rum, three ounces of ginger beer, and a half an ounce of lime juice. You combine that all in an ice-filled Collins glass, stir, and you garnish it with a lime wedge. It's delicious. It tastes great on a boat. Next up, you got the French 75 in a sippy cup. Though it might sound dainty, this deceptively puissant marriage of gin and bubbly is named after a giant gun used by the French... In World War I, and it's two ounces of London dry gin, a half an ounce of lemon juice, one teaspoon of sugar, and some dry sparkling wine chilled. You shake the gin, lemon juice, and sugar over ice, strain it into a chilled coupe, and top it with champagne. French 75 was a favorite of one of the previous century's most celebrated macho men, Ernest Miller Hemingway. And there were few things in life Papa Hemingway enjoyed more than boat drinking, or anywhere drinking for that matter. Why the sippy cup? Well, if you've got to ask, perhaps you don't belong on our boat after all. The Zephyr. According to my buddy Colin Joliet, who used to called boozist the Zephyr was the cocktailian hit a couple of years back at the Chicago Air and Water Show, well-known barometer for what's hot in boat drinking. Colin told me it was easy to make, it's refreshing, is the breeze, which it's probably named and tastes like the first time you saw a monkey petting a puppy. He's a leading expert in both alcohol and offbeat analogies. So here's how you make a Zephyr. It's an ounce and a half of vodka, an ounce of pink grapefruit juice, half an ounce of fresh lemon juice, and a half an ounce of Orgeat. A little bit of uh, tonic. Get some good tonic. I usually use Q, you can, whatever one you want to use. Combine all the ingredients except the tonic and shake with ice. Strain it into a highball glass over fresh ice and then top with the tonic and garnish with a wedge of pink grapefruit. Then we've got the Saint Germain cocktail, which is like an aperol spritz, only Frenchier. You Go with two parts champagne or dry sparkling white wine, an ounce and a half of Saint Germain elderflower liqueur, two parts of club soda. Put that in an ice-filled Collins glass. Add the Saint Germain, add the Saint Germain champagne and club soda in that order. Stir it. Garnish with a lemon twist. And finally, for your boat drinking. The Bartender's Breakfast, a.k.a. Fernet Branca. You may be thinking, wait a minute, this isn't a cocktail. It's a hellish shot of Italian liqueur containing 40% alcohol. And if you are thinking that, congratulations. You win this week's I Spotted a Misleading Headline Award. Now stop with all the thinking and slam back that Fernet. You're on a friggin' boat, for Christ's sakes. If you insist on additional components, have another shot and chase it with ginger ale. Okay. How you do that? Two ounces of Fernet Branca, combine the contents of fernet filled shot glass with your mouth, swallow, and then drink ginger ale. I gotta take my own advice here, but remember not to overdo it out there on the high seas, Captain Cocktail, or you may wake up feeling worse than the plot of a Rob Schneider movie. If that starts happening one too many times, you may be forced to abandon the boat in favor of the wagon, and there's not even a little alcohol on that damn thing. I think that's going to do it for this episode of What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. I want to thank you for joining us. Turn that shit down. There we go. Thank you for joining me. There's no us. Well, I guess Will Forte. I want to thank him for coming back. And uh, again, uh, Corolla Show on Monday the 17th. Flaviar Nightcap Live, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Thursday the 13th. With George Motes, hamburger expert. We're gonna be drinking some rum. Follow me at the imbiber. I don't know if I got anything else for you. I think that's all I got. Till next time, everybody.